welcome to the Jesus People podcast. Jesus People is an intentional Christian community where 180 of us, people of all ages, live together in an old 10-story hotel in the uptown neighborhood of Chicago. Living communally allows us to steward our time, our energy, and our resources in ways that give us the freedom to live a simple lifestyle, making space for us as followers of Jesus to serve each other, to serve the poor around us, to serve folks experiencing homelessness, and of course, to look after and interact with our uptown neighbors. An added benefit of belonging to the Jesus People community is the value we place on creating art, music, and other unique expressions of our faith and lives. I'm Orion, your host for today's episode. I usually serve as part of the podcast production team, but today I have the opportunity to sit in the interviewer seat and Nathan Cameron, one of our regular interviewers, is sitting in the guest seat. Nate is in a unique position here at Jesus People in that he was born and raised here in the community. So Nate, welcome to our time together. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's great to have this time to chat together. <laughs> I know, this is fun. Yeah. So you are you are a creative man. I know you're, you're in, involved in video production, writing, acting. You've done all these things. You're a husband, a dad of Miriam, your beloved little daughter, <laughs> yeah. who is how old now? Uh, she is nine and a half months. So she'll be 10 months in a couple of weeks. Oh, love so, that. And she yeah. is so precious. So, you know, as you're raising your daughter here, um, I'm sure you've thought back to your time growing up here. Uh, tell us a little about that. What was it like having a family of, at that time, several hundred people surrounding you as a kid? Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was a very unique way to grow up. Um, uh, I, I have learned over the years, uh, interacting with many people and having people tell me their stories of their growing up experiences. The more and more I hear those things, the more I realize that, oh, uh, growing up in a building with, you know, 20, 30 other kids, you know, running up and down the hallways, you know, at all hours of the day and night uh, wasn't normal. You know, that, that wasn't people's life, even if they lived in an apartment building, you know, where they, they shared the building with multiple other families and in separate apartments. You still didn't have the kids in the apartment building, you know, running out into the halls together and, you know, tumbling up and down playing ball and football or, you know, sports. We, we had this game we would play called Kill the Man with the Ball where you would literally throw the ball from one end of the hallway to the other. And like 20 kids would just run down the hall. And the goal was to grab the ball and get it back to the other end of the hall. And so it's just this tumble of children <laughs> of all ages and sizes <laughs> and genders, you know, just sort of running back and forth up and down the hall, especially in the winter months. Um, but we as a community have always been blessed with a, a big yard of some sort, you know, the buildings that we've lived in, um, in my growing up experience. I, I was born when we lived uh, in our building on Polina Street, um, which we called the Polina building because it was on Polina Street. And that's where I was born. And it had a little courtyard in the middle uh, of it. And but then uh, my, my early years uh, as a child were spent at our building at, on Malden Avenue in, in Chicago. Um, which is where I, I was from uh, 1980 until 1990, 91. So for 10 years, I grew up. A lot of my grade school years were all, all in Malden. And we had a big yard out in the side yard. 
and we had a skateboard ramp and we had a basketball court and, <laughs> you know, we would, uh, in the wintertime, we would freeze a small section of it and make an ice skating rink. And, um, you know, and so my growing up experience at Jesus people was very much, um, it was very rich. Um, growing up, I met a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life who knew a lot of different things and were more than willing to, you know, teach you or tell stories or different things like that. And so I had just these amazing experiences where, you know, somebody who was a carpenter would be like, yeah, sure. Here, let me teach you how to do this. You know, somebody who was an artist would be like, yeah, sure. Let me teach you how to do this. Um, my mom was an artist. She did a lot of the artwork for Cornerstone magazine, uh, for resurrection band. And I would often go to work with her, um, in, uh, in what they called the bullpen, uh, over at Cornerstone magazine. And, um, you know, I would sit there with my crayons and markers and colored pencils while my mom was working on these, amazing pieces of art for cornerstone magazine covers and i you know and the other artists around you know would give me pointers or tips or even give me like paints and stuff like that and be like here paint you know and different things like that so i was i was exposed to a lot of um really incredible experiences and and even as a young man um you know in my teen years we had a boy scout troop and through that, even though we were, we lived in the inner city of Chicago, um, you know, we were able to go out into nature. We were able to have campouts. We were able to go learn things about nature and we were able to go to Boy Scout camps and um, different things like that and have experiences in nature and learn a lot about, um, and not just nature. We learned a lot of about a lot of different things in Boy Scouts that have served me throughout my years. Um, and so all of these experiences that I had, these really enriching experiences in my life, because I grew up in community, we had the space, um, you know, to allow that, um, you know, to teach kids, you know, how to do very practical things and very fun things and, and give our kids other growing up experiences, just exposure to, really amazing uh, opportunities. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's fascinating for kids growing up too, because I think all of us, as we came up, we assumed that our life for the most part was the norm, was normal, mm -hmm. right? And then all of a sudden we yeah. start interacting with other kiddos and you know we see people outside our little circle or, or for many of us outside our nuclear family and go, oh, there's, you know, it's a <laughs> lot different. So what, what was that like when you realized, I mean, you, I don't know how old you were when you realized that, oh, this is really unique. Yeah, tell there us was a very specific event that happened. I was fairly young. I was about seven years old um, when it, I realized I lived differently. Um, I, my grandparents lived a few hours north of Chicago, and we would go visit them quite often. Um, and my grandparents lived in a small town in Wisconsin, and they had neighbors who had kids who were about my age. And uh, when I would go up there, my cousins and I, we would, you know, play with the neighbors. So my cousins would come over to my grandparents' house. We would go and the neighbors, we would all get together and we'd play baseball. We, you know, we'd just have fun, you know, running around each other's yards. And I always assumed that all of them lived in communities like mine. And at the end of the weekend, they went back to their community. And so one time I was up there, I just asked them, hey, where's your community? And they kind of like went, what? 
And I was like, where do you go when you're not at grandma's house? Like to me, this like little tiny subdivision in this town was grandma's house. It was all grandma's house and everybody came to grandma's house and then they all went back home and they were like, what do you mean? I was like, well, where do you go when you're not here? Like, where's home? And they were like, this is home. (laughs) And I suddenly had this like, wait a minute, you get to live at grandma's house all the time, you know, because to me, it was just playing in backyards and stuff like that. And um, it was a it was a moment, actually, as a seven year old, you know, and you suddenly realizing that, oh, my life is different. People don't live like this. Um, uh, The second time that I really had this realization was uh, when I was younger uh, in the when we lived in our building on Malden Street, um, we would take in people experiencing homelessness into our lobby and into our dining room regularly. And so if I came home after eight o'clock, I literally had to step over people in our lobby to get upstairs. And to me, that's what you did. That was life. You know, oh, these people don't have a home. They don't have a place to sleep. It's cold outside. You open up your doors and you bring them in. And I thought everybody did that. That was just, it was like, oh, this is what life is. And it wasn't until like years later that I suddenly realized um, I was, I had an opportunity to host uh, some visiting groups that had come from a church from the suburbs to, to experience community life. And we have groups that come uh, and we still do. Well, now that it's COVID right now, we don't, but normally we have groups that come from churches or from different organizations or different uh, people and they come and they stay with us. Um, experience a little bit of community life, but then they also work at Cornerstone Community Outreach, our um, shelter for people experiencing homelessness, and they sort of get an experience of community. Well, I I was a teenager, and I had been asked to um, talk to one of these groups as a person who, a young person who lived at Jesus People, and I suddenly realized that, that, that this idea of, of having had people who were experiencing homelessness in your house, in your lobby was completely foreign to them. To them, it was always this place that you went to, to go help, you know, you volunteered to go to a homeless shelter or you, um, you know, your church did a drive, you know, for clothes or for food for, you know, an organization here or an organization there, but it wasn't in your home. (laughs) And that was sort of also another one of those experiences where I realized, oh, my life is different. Mm, um, yeah. Talking to these young people uh, who came from this church and suddenly realizing that their uh, my uh, my proximity to some of these things was much much greater than many people uh, outside. Uh, outside of community, our community was. And I'm not saying that like everybody doesn't have proximity to these things. I know that there are people who are very involved in these places and who go to these places purposefully to be involved and to be a part, but that's not always the norm. I know that there are churches who do have, um, you know, shelters or food pantries or different things, but it's not the norm to have those in your house. Um, yeah, I think there's something you're right. I think there's something about the dailiness of it, that it's, it's an everyday thing, that it's not something you go to or you experience and then go home that it is, I, I like what you said that it is home. We know that that makes me think of 
um, how sometimes people have this idea of either living in the city, I mean, several things, living in the city and or working with folks experiencing home, experiencing homelessness um, or living in community, you know, intentional community like we do. And uh, I've run across so many people that, that have this romantic notion of, oh, community just sounds awesome. And like, you just are together and you're worshiping the Lord and you're serving and it's just so sweet. Um, and you, you know, you grew up here, you left for a, a while, right? And then came back. Um, so tell us about, you know, how is it really uh, in community? What, what would be some of those things that people go, oh, it's so just so nice and yeah. lovely, you know, that the hard realities or that are obviously worth it. Otherwise we wouldn't all be here. Yeah. I, I think one thing you may hear people who have, who have been a part of Jesus people for many years, one thing you may hear from them is that the best part of community is people. And the worst part of community is people. Um, you know, uh, the, we are all um, sinners fallen short of the glory of God. And um, we bring all of the potential that God has created within us as uh, his children and beings that he loves and that he delights in. Um, and we bring all that to community, but we also bring in all of the fallen sin and the fallen nature into community. And you can't separate the two. Yeah. And you know, I, I we, would say, if I could jump in here, I yeah. would say, I understand fallen nature, but I think brokenness is a big, yes. a big component, even in yes. my experience being here for almost two years, not yes. so much the sinfulness of people, but just that we're all broken in our own yeah. way. Right. And no, then we're we rubbing are. up against each other. Exactly. You know, and I think sometimes too, when I, when I say like fallen sinful nature, yes, part of that major component of that is our brokenness. And some of that brokenness is not our fault. You know, some of that brokenness is, situations that have happened to us some of that brokenness is pain that has been inflicted on us some of that brokenness is disease uh sickness some of that brokenness is mental illness you know these are things we don't necessarily have control over um but they're part of who we are and we bring them wherever we go and i think that again in community um it's those broken bits that make us sharp and cut and, you know, and it's like if, yeah, you have a porcelain plate, you know, and it chips and it cracks. So that little piece is sharp and you can cut yourself there. And so that part of interacting with each other um, is hard, but I will say that through interacting with each other, um, Iron sharpens iron, but also too, I think it sands off the rough edges. And I think part of what happens too in community is that our, our interacting with each other, even though it can be painful sometimes and our brokenness can inflict pain on others um, and others brokenness can inflict pain on us. The working through those things with and through Christ actually heals those wounds and it also softens our edges in a way that makes it so that we don't injure others before you know again you know mm -hmm. we can we can move forward in our healing um and so i think that is something too that community can offer 
Well, yeah, um, and, and what's interesting about that too <laughs> is that we we can't escape each other. I no. mean, you know, if you're working with people serving in a church together or working in a job together, you can have a conflict and go, I'm going home or I'm out of here or I'm just done with you and walk away. And here you can walk to your room. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> but you're, you're going to be seeing that person the oh, yeah. next day. Right. So I know no, we, you, we talk you're going to see them in the account. dinner line. You're going to see them in, in the kitchen. You're going to see them on the floors. You're going to see them, you know, any, anywhere and everywhere. And even as the community has grown smaller, you know, when I was younger, there was the sort of these boom years in the early mid nineties where we were, we had almost 500 people, you know, in our, in our community. We're much smaller than that now. Um, but it, it, you would think like, oh, well that would make it easier to avoid people. Well, actually it doesn't, it makes it harder to avoid people because there aren't as many of you in community now. And so your interactions are actually more frequent um, than they might have been, you know, in, in when there were four or 500 people living here. And so you really have to take into account, um, you know, how you are treating others and how others are treating you. It's important when somebody hurts you, it's important to go to your brother and say, Hey, what you said, really hurt me uh, or what you did it that was painful for me um sometimes things are just inconvenient you know sometimes somebody does something without much thought for how it's going to affect somebody else and you go to them and say oh you know when you did this it actually made this very difficult for me and most people i would have to say on the whole are are very apologetic and they're oh i'm so sorry you know i didn't know you know, mm -hmm. how this would affect you. And most people, once they hear that, they go, oh, okay, I'll keep that in my mind for the next time. And so that really is a huge part of community is sort of that, that interaction with each other to help people, to help each other grow, you know, mm -hmm. to help each other understand how to care for one another in, in a deeper sense, you know, and it's not always just about the little things. It's not always about, oh, you didn't leave enough gas in the car you know, and I got it after you and it was on E and I barely made it to the gas station that happens, you know, <laughs> but it's also about some of the deeper things. Um, you know, you said this and it re was really hurtful to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you did this and it actually caused a lot of pain. You know, I became very angry at you because of something that you said or did. And it, it, it creates this community creates a space and the necessity for you to sit down and work those things out um, amongst each other with and through Christ. I think that's right. the key too. It's not just about working this stuff out as a social experiment, as a, you know, we are all humanity and we've got to get through this together. No, it's working this out in Christ, um, through Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, and, and I feel like um, here at Jesus people and, and other communities, and of course, churches are like this too, but it doesn't, but, but without that intensity of 24 sevenness, that dailiness, but we really are a, an amazing representation of the body of Christ, that there are people who come and live with us and people who've been here for years. And I'm a little newer. Um, I've come into and moved in here to be a part of us that we are not like each other. We are, our hearts might beat as one, 
towards loving Jesus and serving others, but in some ways that's where it it begins and ends, right? Because then we're very different, very, very different. And I think that for me personally, and I see it in other folks too, that is such a wonderful growing edge because you want to live in community, then the Lord is going to really start growing the fruit of the spirit in your Mm -hmm. life, right? That patience, that perseverance, that kindness um, that you might not have to deal with. And one of the things that you really start to realize too, like you said, with all of that variety of um, personality, of character, of, you know, all these different people coming together in different ways. One of the things you start to realize is just how multifaceted God is. Every single person here is seeing God as only they can see God. And one of the great things that I love about community is being able to see God through other people's eyes. You know, there are facets of God I can't see because I have blind spots. It's just human nature. We all have them. And so there are areas of God I don't see, but there are areas of God that you see that you tell me about and we talk about and we, and you say, wow, when I look at God, this is what I see. And I go, wow. I never, ever in my wildest imaginations could have imagined God in that way. And then you say, well, how do you see God? And then I respond. And then you say, wow, those are aspects of God I could not have seen because they're in my blind spot. And so I feel like living in community can really offer up a, I wouldn't say a complete picture of God, but I will say a broader canvas of God. A friend of mine used to say, I love that, used to say, um, being with people who are different from us helps us to see the different textures on the face of God. Mm. Yeah. Good. I know. I love that. Oh, so good. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's for me living here, it's been interesting to see how some folks are a little more insular and the community could be almost a little bit of a buffer for good or ill. Like for some people, they just need to take a break and rest and heal. So great, you know, just kind of, um, yeah, retreat here into the into the community. Other folks are very active in the outside world and, and things that are going on in all sorts of scenes here in Chicago. For you, how how is your interaction with the outside world? Uh, my, it used to be a lot more, honestly, when I was younger, I, I, I had, uh, I, I sort of had one foot outside of the community for much of my life. I was part of, um, acting groups and acting classes and outside things. And I had friends outside of community and, um, yeah, I, I, I was very active, uh, in a lot of different areas, not necessarily in spiritual areas though. They were mostly, um, hobbies or, you know, um, interests that I had, um, my spiritual, my spiritual life was mostly, you know, within the community lately that's sort of shifted actually. Um, and so I am a part of a church that is not here at Jesus people. It's not part of Jesus people. Um, it's a, it's a, a church plant and, you know, that started in uptown and, so my wife and I, we go there, uh, we have friends there, um, we interact with them and um, their, uh, their outreaches and different things like that. For a while as a part of that church, I led uh, prayer walks through Uptown. This was pre-COVID. And so mm-hmm. I would 
take out groups of people through the uptown neighborhood and, and we would pray for the neighborhood and pray for individuals that we met on the street. You know, we would go out and just say, Hey, do you need prayer? And if they said yes, we would pray for them. And then we would go to specific locations and we would pray for those locations. And, um, you know, and I'm part of a lot of, uh, right now we're starting a small group with some folks, you know, at our church and none of them are from Jesus people. They're all people mm-hmm. in our neighborhood and different things like that. And, uh, we have some very good friends through this church. And so a lot of my spiritual interaction at the moment, um, is actually through this church, um, through Uptown church that we're going to, and our, our, our interaction there, um, and so, yeah, uh, that is a lot of my interaction right now with the, the neighborhood is through our church. But also I volunteer at CCO, um, which even though is a part of Jesus people, um, I do interact with people who are not a part of Jesus people there. Um, I sit on the board and several of the board members are not part of Jesus people, you know, the, and we interact with each other and talk and hang out and different things like that. And um, so, yeah, and my family at the moment takes a lot of my time. And so, you know, with the new daughter, uh, a lot of my, a lot of my time is taken up with family. Um, so it doesn't give as much opportunity, I think, as I had in the past um, for some of the relationships that I've had uh, outside of the community. Um and so that makes relationships in the community uh, very much important to me. So a lot of my socializing actually happens inside of our house. A lot of it because of COVID and you can't really socialize very much with anybody these days. Um, so my, my social life though is mostly people in our house. Um, whereas I, I, like I said, I feel like my spiritual life at the moment is really outside of the house um, with my church and with people that I know out there. So, so um, just as a point of clarification for folks who might be listening and not know what CCO is, it's Co- Cornerstone Community Outreach, which is our shelter system uh, that pre-COVID we were housing 350 men, women, and families uh, seeking housing. So that's where you serve on the board. And yeah. Yeah. So, so really it, um, is it accurate to say that you feel like you are in touch with going with what's going on in the outside world and quote unquote, the real world. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, cause sometimes people think, Oh, you yeah. just go into a community and you don't even know what's up. They go, no, we, we watch the news. I belong to NPR, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I, I, I dip my toes outside the community, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I do, you know, and it's, I know how important it is to stay in relationship with people, with things, with ideas um, that are outside of Jesus people. Because as I said before, as much as it's an amazing thing to live in this house with different types of people who see God in different ways, um, sometimes you are still all these people, they're still viewing God through the lens of community. And God is even bigger than that. Mm, And so there are whole aspects and facets of God that are experienced outside of communal life. And they're just as much as there are aspects of God that can only be experienced inside communal life. And so there is 
yeah. So I try to remind myself that God is bigger than just Jesus people. Um, God is even bigger though than the world. He's even bigger than the quote unquote real world outside there. You know, he's even bigger than that. Mm, And so um, I, I think that uh, that's what sort of drives my uh, desire for connection outside of these walls um, with people um, who don't live communally. Um, But I will say often people still do live in a certain sense of communal life in a lot of different ways. There's community. That's one thing too. I found as I've been a part of things outside of these communal walls, that community exists out there. It exists in a lot of different forms. It exists in a lot of different places uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, It doesn't just have to look like what we do. Right. Um, Our way is pretty unique and it has some pretty unique um, experiences that come along with it. Uh, But that's not to say that that community as a whole is like we have a monopoly on it or something like that. Um, Community is everywhere. And, and if you're looking for community, um, I hope you look to us to see what we have to offer. I hope you look at our little community and, and how we interact with each other and how we interact with God and see if that's something that you would like to do, because I would love to see God the way that you see God. You know, I would love to have a conversation with you and say, how do you see God? What does God look like to you? And, and maybe learn something a little bit more about God that I didn't know before. Um, but that's not to say that we can't have community outside of Jesus people as well. Right. Um, right. Yeah. In different I, areas too. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the benefits of living in community, and I've seen this in your life with, with your wife and your child, um, is that we, we have the flexibility to let you be a papa for real um, <laughs> and take some time to be with your family, especially during this first year of, of Miriam's life, yeah. um, which I think is so, I mean, that's so powerful and wonderful. And I see that we've got it. Uh, in fact, we just celebrated uh, one of our kiddos one year's one year birthday party happened out in the side yard. That's our big yard where we all hang out, especially during COVID. Um, but other than caring for your family, being a husband and a dad, uh, you are a creative guy. So what, what kind of work do you typically do here in the ministry? I know we have at least 15 ministry outreaches and businesses that are going on that support our work and, and promote outreach and kingdom work. So what do you typically do? What are you involved with? So I work, uh, one of our small companies is called 939 Creative, and we do uh, websites, we do graphic design, we do video production. Uh, and I mainly work in the graphic design and video production aspects of 939 Creative. So uh, I design flyers, posters, web graphics, a lot of the graphics that you see for uh, events for Jesus People events, like our live streaming events or different things like that. Uh, a lot of things for our um, website and for our um, yeah social media, like some of that stuff I design and you know and I create graphics for. Uh, I also do like a lot of signs and different things like that for our businesses. Um, 
And then uh, I do video production work. So for instance, today, my day today was I worked with one of our small companies, Zeppelin Design Labs, which creates uh, DIY audio equipment and they have a new product coming out. And so today I filmed the product video shoot. And so I worked with, uh, with Brock and Glenn who are part of Zeppelin and um, one of our newer interns, Mikey, and uh, who's working with us at 939. And we uh, did a video shoot today. And we're going to do the same thing tomorrow, uh, you know, doing some product shoot stuff for them. So that's, that's also a part of what I do uh, is do video production. Uh, so, uh, yeah. and then like outside of that, I also, as I mentioned before, I sit on the board for Cornerstone Community Outreach. Um, it's one of the things I do there. And I do a lot of volunteer work for them as well. Um, when it wasn't COVID, I used to go there quite often and do photography and video for them, for their events, uh, for uh, different needs that they had for fundraisers or different things like that. And so that was also one of the things that I did quite a bit of. Um, yeah. And uh, I've got another project coming up with Lakefront Roofing Supply, our roofing supply company, where Chris uh, Spicer works, which Orion, you interviewed him. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, um, yeah. And so I've got a, I've got a big print project actually with them coming up. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's a lot of what I do uh, for work. Um, but it, you're right. It does like my job in the community and the life here offers me a lot of, uh, time and space to be a dad. Um, and especially during COVID, uh, we were working remotely. So I had my office uh, in, in a room next door. And so I was able to be close to home and, you know, if my wife needed me or, if, you know, I need to take a five minute break and spend some time with my daughter. I could, I could just, you know, hang out and, you know, yeah. And be a part of her life, you know, uh, the, for this first year, these first few months. So that was really a blessing and a great joy. Um, and I also understand that that's a luxury. Um, that's something that not a lot of people have, uh, especially in our country. And um, it's very difficult, um, you know, to be able to have that time and space to um, be a parent and to be present for your children uh, that early on in their lives for that long. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people do get some time, you know, to, to have that time with their child, but not everybody does. Um, and I, I know a lot of people who are very reliant upon, um, you know, their parents or, you know, childcare or different things like that, you know, for their kids. Uh, and, and we really have the luxury of just being able to be present a lot of the time for our own kids. Um, and that is a luxury. Um, and I, I am very grateful for it and I'm thankful for it. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And it's been, it's been fascinating to see how we have operated during the season of COVID. Um, right now it's the first week of April. And so, um, tomorrow, we will all pretty much be immune. We've all had our, mm -hmm. both of our vaccines and it's been two weeks. So we're hoping, hoping to uh, loosen some of our internal restrictions because we've, we've been on flat out lockdown here in the mm -hmm. community yes. for this for over a year. Um, so it, as, you, as you think about coming out of the COVID season and things being a little less restrictive, is there anything, any way that you want to live life differently as we come out of this, anything that's come to you? 
Um, I think for a while now I have taken for granted uh, relationships with friends in the community um, that there were many times before COVID where I would, you know, somebody would say, Hey, you want to hang out and be like, eh, I just don't feel like it. Now I understand like, no, hanging out is important. You know, being together is important. And sometimes even if you don't feel it, you know, those times together are just so important. And so being a lot more open and intentional about, you know, building relationships and strengthening relationships. I think that's through just time together, I think is going to be important. But another thing is too, is that I expected my first year with my daughter that this is an amazing joy for me. Um, I, I got married later in life and I had a child later in life um, it's not often that people start their family at 42, but here I am. <laughs> and, uh, and I really wanted to share that with the community. And I wanted to share that with the people that I live with and my neighbors and friends and family. And I haven't been able to, you know, we've been pretty much just stuck in our apartment and, you know, and together. And we've had to be really careful about, um, you know, not letting people hold Miriam or, you know, interact with her and, you know, and she gets very little interaction with other people, you know, cause we're, we're trying to keep her safe. Um, but now I'm feeling like, wow, I want you, I want my communal family to be a part of this, to be a part of my daughter's life, to be a part of our family's life, you know, and, and to really get to enjoy that and, and to uh, to be a part of that. Um, and so that's one of the things that I'm really looking forward to coming out of COVID is just being able to include everybody in, in the life of our family, our nuclear family. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be, it's going to be so interesting to see how the little teeny kiddos (laughs) react to all of us as we start gradually loosening our mask restrictions to go, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, they have mouths and, I, I would think it's going to seem a little loud to some people, right? Because it's it's a whole different thing without a mask. Yeah. I hope, I yeah. hope she doesn't cry when she sees me. You know, it's like, oh. Oh, she um, loves people. I got to say, we were outside for dinner today and it was just gorgeous out there and people were out there and talking. And it was sort of the first time that we have started to let other people you know, interact with her or hold her different things like that. And she was just loving it. Mm-hmm. She was just having so much fun. I think for her, it was like, all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute, I get to interact with these people. I get to hang out with these people. I get to talk with these people. And she just loved it. We have so many people here in the community, both men and women, not just the women who love holding babies. So mm-hmm. we are real past the baby kind of uh, yeah. crew. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> It's lovely. Yeah. And, and this, this last weekend was Easter and we met all together for the mm-hmm. first time in over a year. We were outside in our side yard, masked, masked up. It's hard to say, uh, and had a flat out worship service, had a feast, a crank, you know, cranked up the grills and cooked and, and hung out together. Um, and that's the first time we've, that's the first time I've experienced this part of Jesus people. 
because mm-hmm. I was here only what six seven months and then COVID hit so I'm going yeah, you, wow yeah at the last Easter we we didn't do much of anything because we were no. so we didn't know the rules I mean remember yeah. last March and April we're going we're just all gonna stay inside and mm-hmm. you know be alone so yeah um it was wonderful to see how Jesus people really work which is like oh my gosh it was like church service meets celebration meets rock and roll festival meets block mm-hmm. party. It was just, wow. Totally if there's Jesus. one thing we really do well at Jesus people, it's celebrate. <laughs> it's true. You know, I think sometimes people confuse the notion of holiness and intensity in our walk with Christ with fun. And mm-hmm. I feel like, boy, we all love to have fun. And that was such mm-hmm. a relief for me to, to realize that, oh, good. Yeah. Uh, we like to laugh. We like to have fun. We like to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. It's, it's been it's been one of the hard things this year. Is celebration has always been a huge part of our community, and I think it's one of the things that has helped the life of our community and its longevity. Even is that we like to celebrate, and we we understand that there are times to mourn, and there are things to mourn, and there are times to be serious. And there are times where you have to, um, you know, take stock and you have to look deeply, but then there are all, there are also times where you just turn the music up really loud and dance. <laughs> I love that. See, I love that. And so and you don't care who sees you. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. I, I used to do dancing quite a bit, actually. I was, I was, I did a lot of swing dancing and ballroom dancing and different things like that. I used to love dancing. Well, I think I saw you and your wife, Brittany, dancing um, here before COVID set in. We had, yeah. remember that the dance over at Wilson Abbey mm-hmm. and you guys were like seriously dancing. It was wonderful. <laughs> Who knew? Who yeah. knew? Yeah. So um, we're going to wrap up in just a little bit. I think it would be great for our listeners to hear your answer to this question. Mm-hmm. Nate, Nate Cameron, what are you curious about these days? Um, I would say I'm constantly curious, so it doesn't take much to get me into a curious state of mind. But I, I think the curiosity that uh, comes back to me over and over again is I am curious about the connection between the physical and the spiritual. I am constantly looking for ways that the Bible uh, tries to relate spiritual things through physical aspects of creation. And I think like one of my favorites is the the comparison of God to light. You know, if you look at the properties of light as a physical thing and you compare that to God it's just amazing how, how much it reveals about the character of God that he described himself as light, created light, and how those two things correlate. And even um, this weekend, you know, as you said, it's Easter weekend. And so on Good Friday, you uh, have, we had communion. Um, and the, the comparison that Jesus draws between himself, this is my body, which is for you, broken. And he takes the bread and there's this thing, there's this physical thing, the bread, 
And how does that relate to something spiritual? You know, how, what is the connection between this physical thing and the spiritual reality? And those things I'm constantly curious about. I'm constantly wondering, what does that look like? You know, mm -hmm. like, I, I feel like when we are in the presence of God, it will all make sense. And we'll all look back at it and go, oh, that's what it was. There's the connection. It's right there. But that's one of the things that I really ponder. And I'm really curious about all the time um, is, is the relationship between these physical things that God compares himself to and how they relate spiritually and how they interact with us uh, spiritually. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's where my curiosity kind of constantly goes back to. Yeah, um, that's good. I mean, <laughs> that's a lifelong study for you right yeah. there, right? Oh, it is. It is. Yeah, it's fascinating. And so good. But yeah, and that, and that curiosity, it, it sort of plays into my love of nature. It plays into my love of astronomy and um, geology and, and, you know, and all those different things, natural sciences. I just love those things. And just the wonder, I, I you know, I, when I was uh, a young man, I was a writer. I used to write all the time. And I remember I wrote this sentence one time and I just like, I've held on to it. Um, God made us simple creatures so that we will never lack of things to wonder. And I carry that with me my whole life. I always think about that. It's just that there's always things to wonder and to look at and just see the awe in God's creation and to wonder um, about those things and how they interact with each other and how they interact with God and us and all of those connections. Oh, so good. We were very happy to provide for our listeners some great local color um, <laughs> sirens, and you could probably hear some of the planes coming into O'Hare making their final descent. Nate, what are some words of wisdom or encouragement that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, one, of my, one of my life verses is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Um, I have found myself in community uh, many times um, wondering what's next, wondering what to do, uh, trying to see where to go, uh, trying to plan a path. And I honestly can tell you, I did not expect to end up where I am today. But where I am today is the best place for me to be. Because in the midst of those times, in the midst of those questioning moments, I had to come to the end of myself and trust God that he knew where he was leading me and he knew where I was going and he knew where I needed to be. And right now, if you are searching, if you are seeking, if you are wondering, where's my place, where am I supposed to be? Where am I going? Take a moment and stop 
and just ask God, Lord, where do you want me to be? Where am I supposed to be going with you? And see if that helps. And maybe let go of the plans that you have and the ideas or the, the machinations you're trying to work out and give those things to God and see what he gives back to you. I think you would be really surprised. Mm. That's a, that's a wonderful invitation. Thank you for that, Nate. And thank you, Nate Cameron, for joining me today on the Jesus people podcast. Thank you everyone for listening just like all the wonderful podcasts, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast on, and Nate, you're, you're really part of the production crew. So we're, <laughs> we're on what iTunes and we're, we're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on all the different uh, podcast outlets. Um, so you can find us uh, just about anywhere where you find podcasts, you can search for the Jesus people podcast. Uh, you can also email us if you would have any questions, if you have any comments, if you, um, yeah, if you just want to know more about Jesus people, or if you want to talk about what we've talked about today, uh, on this podcast, please email us at jppodcast at japuza.org. And uh, we'll try to get back to you as soon as we can. Um, yeah. And if you can also too, leave comments, um, you know, put five stars on our, on our podcast. <laughs> and uh, if you enjoyed it, I'm not trying to force you to do anything, um, but yeah, like, and subscribe. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll keep these coming out and yeah. you can learn more about Jesus people. And we do want to invite you to come and visit us. We have folks, now that things are opening up, we have a little more opportunity to do this, and we will hopefully in the coming months visit us for a weekend, a week, a month, a year. Um, you can check out some of the specifics on that on our website, jesuspeoplechicago.org. So thank you, listeners. Thank you, Nate, and we'll see you all next time.